What's up, Whittier? Welcome to What's Up, Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Hey, everybody, producer Christine here, long time no talk. Thank you so much for still tuning in and staying subscribed to the What's Up Whittier podcast. Have you learned about our new home, WIPA Radio? Well, we've been in the studio toiling away and we are almost ready to launch. So for more information, go on Instagram to WIPA Radio and you can learn more, follow along with us and stay subscribed to this podcast and others. As you know, for every episode, we provide you these wonderful community corkboard announcements so you can learn how you can contribute to our community of the beautiful city of Whittier. So we're going to try something a little new. If you would like your business or your event featured, please email us. You can send an email over to whatsupwhittierpod at gmail.com and we can definitely get it on the roster. Here are some upcoming events you don't want to miss. Every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., we have the Uptown Whittier Farmer's Market put on by the Whittier Uptown Association. So thank you so much to the Whittier Uptown Association. It is located again on the corner of Philadelphia and Bright here in the lovely Uptown Whittier. If you're looking for parking, here is a really cool thing. Go to the parking structure. On Friday mornings, it's only $2 to get in to park. You can venture off into the Farmer's Market and enjoy the beautiful Uptown Whittier. Get a cup of coffee. Go for a nice stroll, see some friends you may or may not know, meet some new people. It'll be awesome. It's a beautiful Friday to go check out Uptown Whittier. Okay, so the next events that I have coming up definitely deal with the Halloween theme. We are in the month of October, so it's about time we have some holiday cheer. So the next thing we have up on the calendar is happening this upcoming Saturday at 7 p.m. We have the Uptown Whittier Zombie Crawl. So this is an unofficial zombie crawl for Uptown Whittier. It's really awesome. This year they're going to have their costume contest down at Modern Shaman. Last year I was lucky enough to be a judge at Turnbull's Tavern. So this year it's going to be exciting because they're going to have Vegan from Mars, who's an Instagram influencer. Check her out at Vegan from Mars. And it's going to be at Modern Shaman. Again, a vegan restaurant. We love the people at Modern Shaman. Shout out to Kim and Mike. And the festivities will actually get started at the 6740, which is right next door. That'll be at 7 p.m. So shout out to the Uptown Zombie Crawl for putting that together. This year's theme is Dia de los Muertos. So please come on down and have your face all painted up. Our next event takes place on the 23rd of October, and this is going to be at 5.30 p.m. This is a paint night fundraiser benefiting Whittier First Day, which is our local homeless shelter. So this is called Paint Night Fundraiser Painting with a Purpose. This is going to be at Crepes and Grapes Cafe, 6560 Greenleaf Avenue, Whittier, California, 90601. This is, again, $50 per person. If you've always been interested or wanted to paint like the masters do, check out this event. Ticket price includes the lesson, supplies, and refreshments. For questions or to purchase tickets, please call 562-945-4304 or visit WhittierFirstDay.org. That is exactly where I'm at right now just to find out all this information. Again, WhittierFirstDay.org, 1023, October 23rd at 5.30 p.m. Hope to see you there. 
All right, so these next two events are happening on the same day, next Saturday. If you can believe it, it's already happening. The first one is the Whittier Spooktacular 5K Run Walk. This is coordinated by the wonderful Whittier Community Foundation. The Whittier Community Foundation is a nonprofit organization committed to providing support for programs to benefit the Whittier community and conducts fundraising year-round to achieve this goal. If you haven't noticed, they have put up a brand new firefighter tribute statue right next to the fire station by the Boys and Girls Club on Greenleaf. Check that out. But as of right now, I am on the website. I'm at raceroster.com, and I just typed in Whittier Spooktacular. And it looks like you can still sign up. The price will change on the 25th. So as of right now until the 24th, to participate in the 5K Run Walk, it's $40. And to participate in the Creepy Crawly Half a Mile Dash, it's $21. Unfortunately, the Creepy Crawl Dash is only limited to little children. So even if you, you know, are an adult and you don't want to do the whole 5K, still do it. It's a great opportunity to get out there. You go for a nice jaunt through Uptown. It's really cool because all of the streets are closed. So, I mean, it's definitely a once-a-year once experience you get to participate in, running down Greenleaf Avenue, running through the historic neighborhoods, running past City Hall. It's really great, and it's a beautiful day to see everybody all dressed up in their fun little uniforms or um, they're with a team or any costumes that they may have because, again, it's a Halloween spooktacular. So, like I said, for the Whittier Spooktacular, that is going to be on Saturday, October 26th at 7.30 in the morning at the Whittier Community Center, 7630 Washington Avenue. So, get on, get your tickets, and we'll see you there. And later on in the afternoon, after you participate in the Halloween Spooktacular 5K, come on down to the Halloween Capers, which is presented by the Whittier Uptown Association. It'll take place from 3 to 6 p.m. And also what's really cool is that you can take your child and go around to the local Uptown stores and you'll go trick-or-treating. It's really awesome and it's a great way to learn more about the merchants here in Uptown. So the costume contest is at 4 p.m. It'll take place on the grassy area location on Greenleaf Avenue. The pumpkin patch are for ages 0 to 2. Little Goblins, ages 3 to 5. Creepy Critters, ages 6 to 9. Spooky Kids from 10 to 12. We also have the Monster Mash Teens, ages 13 to 17. And Zombie Crew, ages 18 and up. So come with a group, get a group costume going on. Maybe you participated earlier in the day because they also have a costume contest at the Spooktacular Run. So maybe uh, win your Spooktacular Run costume prize and then come on down to the Halloween Capers and enjoy in Uptown. So again, this is taking place Saturday, October 26th from 3 to 6 p.m. in Uptown Whittier. All right, everybody, looks like that's all I have for you this week in our Community Corp Board announcements. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and following along. Like I mentioned earlier, check out our new home, WIPA Radio, for more information on how you can contribute to our local community radio station. For more information, go to Facebook and Instagram at What's Up Whittier. And like I said, you can email us at whatsupwhittierpod at gmail.com. We look forward to meeting you. We look forward to talking to you and enjoy this episode. Take it away, Jesse and Remo. Whittier, tears of your face, Jesse. Huh. Is that a is that a compliment start, or an insult? Start man? the podcast with that. Tears <laughs> on your face.
Is that a good thing or a bad thing, man? Come on. Well, we're going to find out in a little bit. Or maybe you know something I don't know, man. I don't yeah, know. We, we have, uh, I think this would be our first writer, right? Right? Yeah, first writer. So um, I just pulled one of the um, poems, right, that, yeah. that uh, our guest today, Troy Chavez, uh, put together. So, Troy, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I feel honored being your first writer. Yeah. <laughs> or at least self-proclaimed proclaimed writer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Also, say what Remo was reading was obviously the book you've already published. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what was it that you're reading, man? I mean, come on, you can't keep people oh. in suspense. What is it? So it's purple. So the book I, I have in my hand is Purple Mirrors, and Purple Mirrors Two. The title of it is Tears on Your Face. So it's a poem. It's a poem. Yeah. There you go. It, it, I just put like a little mural poem. I actually. Uh, I was um, I was looking for more pages to kind of add on to the book, uh-huh. um, like especially in the beginning. I said instead of just the title and everything, I was like, you know, let me throw up an older poem I did. Uh-huh. Um, I wrote I did that on Facebook. Um, just it was like actually when I was graduating, I, I put the little uh, area of the time period it was like 2017 or uh, uh-huh. I forget the exact date on there. Um, and and it, funnily enough, that's actually the date I exactly finished this book. So I was like, hey, a little memorabilia for you know me for uh-huh. me to kind of talk about. So it was just kind of cool little. Poem I wrote a while ago, especially when I was graduating, it was kind of like you know, you're you're um, you're going through so many stages when you're graduating, um, and let tears on my face, you know, you could really just like, what the heck am I gonna do? Right, you know, man. it's just that explains my day every day, man. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> True, agree, and I feel that. But like, especially you know, like you're taking a big step, you know, new life, yeah, yeah. and you've only known one thing, and you're going through school, or you know, this is your stage, and all of a sudden, you know. Pushes you off the edge, you know. Yeah. It's just, you know, what are you going to do? Cry about it, you know. But yeah. you know, if you read the rest of it, you know, it's just a nice little, yeah. like, staying hopeful, you know, through that. Well, I, you want to tell us a little bit about you? You said you just finished college two years ago. You want yeah. to share uh-huh. your story with us? Sure. Um, so, about two years ago, I graduated from Weir College. So, I've been, I've been local for about, um, obviously, you know, throughout when I was living in college. Um, or going through college, I lived in Whittier out here, uh, but I, I've been since then, so about like seven or seven or so years. So I really just like kind of grew really to love the area. Um, and I, you know, what, what, how could you not when you have like you know going through college, you know, you're you going through your young life. Um, right, you know, right after that, I was like, you know, I need a job. I got a job for working for a security company. Um, they actually visited the college. You know, it was cool. You know, uh-huh. I was like, oh, perfect opportunity. Boom, fit me there. You know. Even longer, boring story short, you know, so I got, you know, got interviews, got hired. You know, there you go. But it wasn't, you know, you know I hope they're not hearing, you know, it's not really my passion, you know, it's like, you know, selling security systems, you know, as much as there's a lot of interesting things that can go into security, you know, you know, just buildings in general, just, you know, like I said, long story short. But I was like, where, where can I really fit in my passions? Where can I do that? And I, I graduated political science. Um, so I was like, where, where can I funnel that? You know, obviously, other than doing political science. And I did, you know, um, uh, I think it was right out of college. I, uh, there was a school board election uh, for the Whittier City uh, Elementary School Board, and I ran for that. Um, lost, of course, obviously. You know, <laughs> I also would have been there out of office, but um, it was a great well, experience. You, you didn't lose; you learned. You, there you go. That you know, that, that's what I was segueing into. I, right. I learned a lot of learned a lot of lessons from it. You know, here I was, this kid. You know, oh, I could take on a campaign. I worked on these before. You know, I can just do it on my own. You know, it's uh-huh. easy. 
well, it's not easy. <laughs> you know, there's so many things that, you know, like just, you just hits you in the face. You're like, wow. It's, you know, but it was a very humbling and like, like you said, learning experience. You know, met a lot of people, you know, through that. You know, I honestly, probably if I didn't uh, go through that stage, I probably wouldn't have met Christine or, you know, or you guys, honestly, that connection. So things always have a, a light at the end of the tunnel. So, so I do. What did you, what are some of your biggest takeaways from going through that process? For one, managing yourself. Like, you know, for for a lot of it came more realizing myself. I thought it was more put together than I really was, you know, going into it. um, Like, you you really start to realize, you know, you've got to start taking things serious, something seriously. You really got to start maturing a lot faster, you know, especially if you're going to take on, you know, elections. You know, a lot of it was daunting. And, you know, I I admit, I was not mature enough to do that, you know, whether it be financially or just mentally or emotionally. I, you know, I, I definitely remember days where I'm just like, why am I doing this? I was a fool, you know, but yeah, that's not a learning experience. It's just learning what you can handle. Um, but also knowing like, you know, going for, going for your passions, going for your dreams, you know, it, it it's, you're not going to win every single time or whatever you want to consider a win. I consider it a win, you know, like I said, here I am now, you know, and it pushed me to really publish my first book, which we're here talking about. Um, it, I was like, you know, and then I was like, where, where else can I funnel my passions? You know, and then I got, I got more involved with just people in general in politics here. Um, I, I really like, you know, helping out, uh, Henry Bouchot, a newly elected councilman. Um, I like, you know, trying to build, keeping that relationship with him, you know? Um, but, but really, I mean, that, that's kind of what I mostly learned. Just a lot of more self things, but, you know, taking it toward, uh, more of an exterior kind of way of learning. You know, I learned a, a lot about the inner workings of like government, just essentially that I already thought I knew, you know, going, I was a campaign staffer for you know, a Senate campaign. That was, it was a nice campaign and good learning experience there too. But like a lot of more like, I guess the politics is what I learned, you know, like the, the movers and shakers and, you know, all, you know, the, the, the humdrum things you do. Who do, who do you know? You know, the same old, you know, uh, tropes you know who's the person you know to get me to this person to get me to that person and you know it's people looking outside in would be like wow you know why do you deal with all that mess you know like why do you deal with all that political nonsensical crap you know but it's like as long as you go in with a greater purpose and you can find those people that do have a greater purpose you know you do get a lot out of it and which i definitely did for sure so i I got two different questions um the first is why school board why school board? Yeah. That, that, that's a good question. You know, like, I mean, like, why not council? You know, yeah. um, my dad was actually a teacher. So he, he was a high school and also a principal as well. Oh, no, vice principal. Sorry. Um, and so, so I kind of grew up in that educational kind of field, um, learning from him. A lot of the woes that he had as a teacher, I, I really kind of took to heart, too, because, I mean, he, he's on the battleground. He's a teacher. You know, he's working with kids. And a lot of it's like I saw a lot of. Um, Rifts in communications between parents, teachers, and the school. Uh, that, that, that's really kind of what I came into when it was school board. I was like, you know, education as a whole in this country, there's so much, um, like I said, rift in community. Just simply like, hey, how's my kids doing? I, I remember reading during that time like a, a percentage that said about 80% of the parents believe that their children are either ex- <laughs> at above expectations or way exceptional above it. And I was like, 80%? How, you know, how, how could you... <laughs> come on. The bell curve says no. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, no way. I'm like, how, how... And, you know, maybe there's a different statistic out there that says different. But that, that really blew my mind. I'm like, you know, these parents really don't know a lot of what's going on in their uh, their children's, like, uh, school. 
you know, and, and I would just, I, I think it, it would open their eyes to kind of how their kids are either acting or, mm-hmm. you know, how the school's kind of inacting. And then, and it's also the, how the teachers not uh, motivating their kids enough or, or sometimes a lot, to be honest with you, it always comes in hot that the teacher sucks. My kids, there's no way that's my kid. The teacher is lying. It sucks. You know, and it's like, what could have stopped that? It was like a healthy just communication between the teacher of, hey, you know, your kids, you know, like I'm doing my best out here. I'm just kind of report, you know, not not always those same like uh, those parent teacher conference. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To me, those came out with nothing. You know, it's like it's like they talk about their kids. They put on a nice little face, you know, for the parents, and you know, and that's that's it. That's that's the breadth of the communication. I, I thought it was like, wow, that's terrible. So that, that's kind of why I was my main mission was just to kind of keep messaging like consistent with the parents, the, the kids, and the um, teachers, and everybody. Everybody else, and then uh, so who are the the movers and shakers that you <laughs> didn't know that you know? Are, are you allowed to share? Um, well, well, that's a pressing question, and you know, it wouldn't be like a show, the interview show, if you didn't ask me that, of course. But um, you know, I'll, I'll probably, yeah, I don't want to like say, it's, you know, I don't, I don't like to talk about other people really, you know, without you know them in front of me, you know. So I, I probably won't go delve into the movers and shakers, but it, to me, it was more like an eye opening experience of like, oh, you're connected to that. Oh, you have your hands in that. Like, you, it's just, it's a it kind of just, like I said, eye opening. You're like, wow, this is a lot more interconnected than it all looks. You know, it all looks miscombobulated into this, like, yeah. random, you know, political voices, when in reality, it's a lot of tugging and pulling to either side. You know, there's a lot more strings than you see. That's a very good response. <laughs> it's a politician response. I mean, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to say who you're connected to. Uh-huh. But it's true. I, that, that's well, I wouldn't it. say it's just like, you know, connections, you know, well, you know, you, well, with well, anything, you build friendships, you know, I would feel yeah. like I have more friends with them, you know, you don't want to you know, trust, it all comes down to trust, you know, you don't want to distrust, you know, create yeah. distrust and risks, like, I'm always about communication. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, I'm insulted you didn't say me. <laughs> <laughs> Just, well, kidding, just kidding. Well, yes, you you are definitely one of the movers and shakers that I have met. That's why, like I said, I'm here now. You know, I referenced it earlier. You know, <laughs> appreciate it. Now it's recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so, in terms of, uh, I mean, I know you're you're going through what you've done before, or kind of out of school, but um, what what are you currently doing now? I mean, is it are you focused in writing or? Um, so so like you know, other than like my just work general occupation, right? Um, yeah, I mean, right now I'm I'm trying to really do a lot more writing. I've really stuck to that. I'm starting on another project now. Probably won't come out for a little while. You know, I need to I need to get some traction on my first one. I need people to actually know that I have a book out. You know, some people, oh, you write? <laughs> that, that's yeah. always the humbling experience. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know, I write. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I like to do a lot of you know, write you know, writing uh, art. You know, I, amateur, amateur, amateur painter and drawer. You know, to me, it's more just. It, it helps me get my uh, my metaphorical engines moving, you know, for my writing. Uh, it's like just kind of putting things into like boxes or in perspectives or just drawing on things. It it creates new perspectives by like shaping, you know, other than just through words. And, it, yeah. and to me, it's, it's crazy to yeah. do that. Jesse, you're not in your head. Do you feel the same way since you're in that world, a design world? It is, man. I mean, I, I I'm doing everything very digital, and and I bought it. I bought pads and pens and you know pencils and so I could force myself to start drawing and sketching more. But it, it's hard, man. It's hard when you're you're 
when you're doing this every day, mm-hmm. uh, obviously a different way of doing things, but but it, it's kind of hard to go into into uh, like a new subject, like new hobby, like, or, or just taking it up as a hobby, like like meaning like I'm gonna just draw just because. And I'll tell you this, I've I've done it, I've done it because my daughter is she's into art right now, and she's I mean she's very creative, awesome, and she has this thing where like if I'm just sitting down, uh, and she wants to just kind of you know hang out for a bit with me she'll she'll bring a notepad for her and i and then we'll do like a a, a sketch challenge like like all right let's let's draw a cat for example mm-hmm. and so she'll that's draw cool. her version of a cat and i draw my version of a cat and then we compare and that's fun i mean cool. i'm horrible at like a, a little <laughs> sketches like that but but she just enjoys do you, it do you beat out your five-year-old daughter no no <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's the thing i'm like you know what like as much as i want to be again i'm thinking more of like i'm gonna I'm going to get very detailed on this uh-huh. and draw that and draw this. And for her, it's just more of like, just get the general in. And, and so when I do that, she's like, oh, that's kind of weird. And she goes and like adds things to hers based on mine or, or so on. It, it's kind of cool. It's collaborative. But, that's but, cool. But I what, like that. But the, what you were saying, Remo, is that it, just doing that alone, like it could, it could be five minutes. It does help like just put you in a different kind of mood. And 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 being able to look at things a little differently, yeah. like you know how they say, like, and I think this applies in anything in life. Like, if you're focused on something at that moment, if you're to take a couple minutes and step back, mm-hmm. and then come back at it again, you're gonna notice things a little differently. Yeah. And so I think that does it, but it, it does it in a more kind of creative. Kind yeah. Of way. It, exactly. I went long on it, but I, I mean, no, I like that. That's cool. No, that's, that's, that's a cool story. I like that. It's, and uh, you get to a point where I think you get kind of, you keep hitting a wall and stepping back from it. I'll give you my own personal example. Like three days ago, I changed my wife's headlights. Oh, I never change headlights. And I sort of towards the end of it, I was going <laughs> to toss that headlight and be like, nope, you don't have headlights. <laughs> like, buy, like, buy any car. Drive, drive during the day only. <laughs> I've been there. I did anything. <laughs> and I just let it be. I went and I think I made some coffee and I played with the dog and came back and was able to, yeah. to take care of it. Yeah, you found the little switch, right? It was just one switch. I, actually, the, the problem was <laughs> I tried to do it when the car was warm. And, so oh. I, and I'm trying to put my hand with a towel yeah. and it was just a mess. <laughs> I came back to it and, you know, so it was a lot yeah. easier. Yeah. It is. It, you know, like, you know, you're talking about like walls. You know, I remember like what actually got me into just art and like uh, I bought canvases. I was like, you know what? You know, F it. I'm going to go buy some canvases. You know, I'm going to go paint, you know, like yeah. and just throw some paint on there and see, see what happens. You know, and you know, I, I started doing a lot more painting. I painting after painting. I started enjoying it, enjoying it. And then I went back to my writing. And I just felt the new, the new spirit in me, that new colorful, creative spirit, you know, and the, the action of doing something different, you know, and then completing the action too is always the better one. After you finish your first painting, you're like, wow, that's great. You know, it's like, look what I did, you know, regardless of how great it actually is, you know, that, that's never the point. You know, the point is that you did something, you went out there and you did it. What do you do with the, that artwork? <laughs> <laughs> on my wall. <laughs> or it goes like, on a shelf. It's really. like, you know, when you have your little, your kids, I'm sure, give you art. It's, it's the most precious thing ever uh-huh. until they give you the next 25 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're, you're like, wow, you know, we don't have any room. A, a cat. This is great. <laughs> we got stacks of, like, stuff, yeah. 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 And you know what? Let me tell you, I bet, like, you know, I know my, I can attest for my parents, you know, like, um, I know they kept all my nonsense, you know, like when I wrote as a kid, you know, I can look back and I'm like, oh, what was I thinking when I wrote this? You know, it's like, 
And I, I know when they look back to themselves, I'm sure when you look back and you know your cat, your daughter's cat picture, you're like, wow, you know, what a time, you know, what a time, you know, the new perspectives for sure, you know. And that's what I was telling her because I'm, I'm starting to save everything that she, at least that I think is is like really good, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we're saving it, and my wife's like, "No, why? Why do you? I mean, we have so much stuff, you know. Like we have bins filled full uh, with with artwork. And for me, it's like, you know, I wish my parents would have kept what I had, mm-hmm. uh, or I wish I would have kept what I had about, back then. Because you're right, just having to be able to look at it and reflect at something, mm-hmm. it'll either spark a memory or it'll spark an idea. Mm-hmm. An idea would be that like. Man, like, like if only I would have taken this in this direction, they would have, you know, done this, and, uh-huh. and it just go, it, it could go on and on in terms of, of 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 kind of spinning that wheel on your creative side, right? And so I told her the same thing. I want to be able to kind of, you know, yeah. have it for her. So when she gets older, she she can see, you know, these other reflections. Yeah, she's into um, into unicorns right now. So there's a lot of unicorn uh, <laughs> memor- <laughs> memorabilia that we have and. And uh, but it's exactly that is just being able to save it so she can at one point you know reflect on you it. know so I love looking back in the themes that you know you tried at certain times you know I bet yeah. you look at unicorns what what fixated me so much on unicorns exactly. you know I was like what what was what was driving me to go to unicorns yeah. you know and you know like book you know in the book you know like that, that's that's what a lot of it's about reflections not too many of us take time to reflect you know yeah. and especially a hard look at reflections that's to me where I I myself you know so stubborn. You know, I was telling my, you know, my friend the other day, I go, you know, before, even until a little while ago, I go, no one can tell me nothing. You know, I was like, you know, this is, you know, I, I, I'm doing it right. You know, I know how to do it. You know, I do what I do, you know, and then, but like, you know, another learning, you know, learning, listening was like a huge thing. Like it opened my eyes, but it's like, you know what? Shut up, Troy. You know, you're wrong. <laughs> you know, you're just straight up freaking wrong. You know, one person told me this, uh, and it's probably the best advice that I always get asked on my birthday. And that is, you know, what did you learn last year that you didn't know this year? Uh-huh. And the, always the answer is, the more I, the, the older I get, the, is the less I didn't know. Yeah. So you know, when you're younger, you think everything you got everything figured out, and mm-hmm. then as as you see what the web looks like with other people and how it's connected, you realize there's more to this than what you first thought was, yeah. was real. And, and you know, that could either deter you or motivate yeah. you. You know, I, you know, obviously, I felt I felt like it motivated me to you know, realize, oh yeah. wow, I go look at all this that I can learn. You know, I, I, I to be honest with you, I hate school. You know, it's funny being uh, somebody who ran for school board, but I, you know, I straight up hated it. I hated the going through class, you know, writing the papers because nothing really excited me. Not there, they, and I never felt like there was someone trying to excite me. And, you know, that that was another thing. And when you go back to school board, it was like I want to want to create an environment where kids felt like they were excited. You know, it's like, I want to go to school, you know, like I can go work on my projects, my art, you know, and it's about projects, you know, and, and what, what really brought, brought, the reason why I brought that up is because I remember visiting um, like a YMCA, uh, one of my friends, you know, have, let me speak in front of these kids. And I really just wanted to hear what, what were, what do kids want? You know, what were kids really interested in learning? And to my surprise was math. <laughs> I don't know about, you know, when you guys are young, but I, I absolutely hated math. You know, it's just all the... Did you hate math? <laughs> oh, I enjoyed math. I enjoyed math. You, you enjoyed math? I used, they used to have the flashcard games, uh-huh. and we would compete about, multi, you know, multiplication and division, and I would always win. Yeah. <laughs> you was, know, maybe, maybe that there's a competition, you know, aspect right. in it somehow. You know, maybe I was just like, I felt like, oh, it's just too much for me. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. But, like, I was just so surprised. You know, I go, so, so what are you guys' favorite subject? Yeah. Math, math, and then well, not to my surprise, science. You know, but yeah. science. You know, it's 
And, and I thought, why? You know, why, why do these kids really want it? And I asked them, and they go, you know what? Because I want to build robots. That, that was, I was like, robots? I go, that's awesome. You know, like, what, you know, what do you want your robots to do? And, you know, all of a sudden they get all creative, you know, what the robots do. And it's like, why can't we let kids get lost in a creative, like, thought like that? Why, why are we having them, you know, get so stuck on these 1951 was when the Civil War yeah. started to trickle up to its true, you know, powder yeah. keg and who cares? You know, a lot, you know, a lot of ways, you know, sometimes, you know, it, you know, that, that information is always there. You know, I think we need to really start teaching kids to really find their individual kind of creative spaces and what they learn. You know, it's like we're trying to force them to just compact all this knowledge when it's a lot of it's useless for them. And uh, my example probably of the Civil War, not <laughs> that's probably not too useless, you know, but I mean, like, you know, just in dry facts is kind of more of my point. You know, it's like we, we need kids, you know, be creative, you know, start a project, writing, whatever it is, you know, science project, you know, mess around with it. You know, let, let kids mess around, you know, or too stringent. Well, well, I think, I think also it's not just being the, not being just creative, but, but also giving them the freedom to really choose what they want to learn. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this applies to anything in life. Once you find that one thing you really enjoy, mm-hmm. you'll turn it into your passion and you'll succeed. I mean, you you can go on forever. So, like in my case, you know, I, I like math and science. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't go into the science kind of kind of kind of uh, uh, job or career, um, but but math and science did have some kind of impact or or have an impact on what I'm doing currently. So, it, it it's one of those things where like if you enjoy it and that's what you enjoy mm-hmm. to be able to find a career in that that involves that. I, You'll go further. Yeah, it's I mean, about finding just, your path. You know? Yeah, yeah, your exactly. Because exactly. we all have one. And, and I wouldn't say we all have a collective path either. I mean, I, w- I would say we, if you get all philosophical as a humanity, you know, it's yeah. like we all have, you know, we're all going down one road. But in general, it's like, you know, individuals, we need to be trained more in individual kind of independent thought. Yeah. And, you know, so that that's where you, because everybody, you know, in the end, I mean, as sad as it is, we're all alone. You know I mean? Like you could have your, you know, you think you have your fortunes, you, your families and your friends, but you should you know, you know, hope to God you always have, but in any moment, things can fall under the rug, you know, like, and they really can. And so if you could really be independent and, you know, and, but understand that you're working with it within a collective to me is more the important part, you know, because some people are more too independent and they can care less about everybody else. And it shows, you know, and everything. And to be honest, I don't really think it helps whatever they're doing in their life either, because we're all inter interconnected somehow. But, you know, we, we can always apply our own independent kind of, you know, passions to the world and really spark other people's passion. You know, you never know who you could be, you know, motivating with what who you just are, you know, just and they could find out who they are. You know, it's, it's, it's a trick. With it. So was was Purple Mirrors, is that something that someone inspired you that that came about? Like, how did you end up in the direction with that you Purple ended Mirrors? Up? Um, I, I love it because there's a. Toward the back of it, there's a dedication to it. Yes. So, um, uh-huh. did someone, some thing, some people get you to that creative path? Yeah. You know, I mean, like it. The three, you know, three themes that really I explore all the all, my most of my writing. I real, I didn't really actually come to realize this until recent. I just wrote, you know, just wrote what I felt was, you know, coming out. It was about emotions, religion, and politics. You know, and so a lot of that really, you know, needs a lot of like hard looks, you know, needs a lot of like, look in the mirror and just look at yourself and kind of pick yourself apart, you know, and a lot of it was personal, I will say, you know, because I, I, I was going through that period of, you know, Troy, you know, 
you really need to take a hard reflection, you know, and kind of see what, what, you, what are your passions and, you know, what, what can you fix yourself on, you know, and you're not, you're not that great, you know, what could be better, you know, and, but if I'll say, I even say, you know, family, friends, you know, it, it was a, me and more of like a plethora of people who really kind of, um, really impacted me, you know, I'll say, you know, purple, a lot of that, I came from Prince, I love Prince, uh, I was a huge Prince fan, you know, so a lot, of, I, I, lo- I love how he was, you know, if you listen, he's watching me so super emotional, you know, and his, he's, but he controls it so well, and it's not, it's not that he's controlling it, he's just letting his, his raw emotions drive him to, you know, do his passions, I'm like, how can I let my raw emotions push me into a path, um, you know, saying either politics or religion, and and a lot of the themes, you know, of religion, you know, I'll say, you know, like I, I love to, I'm a harsh critic, you know, I don't know whether that's, you know, good or not, but, you know, I like to be harsh critic, because I am on myself, too. There's never anything good on the radio these days. I bet I could do a better job than that. to produce or host your own radio show? Well, now's the time. What are you waiting for? Join WIPA Radio Uptown Central Station as we showcase the Whittier community voice to the world. Are you into sports? Entertainment? Human interest pieces? What's up, Whittier? Or your own DJ hour? Email info at WIPARadio.com or visit our website, www.wipradio.com, to learn more. I'm going to follow the social media. WIP Radio, that looks dope. How can I let my raw emotions push me into a path, um, you know, saying either politics or religion? And, and a lot of the themes, you know, of religion, you know, I'll say, you know, like I, I love to, I'm a harsh critic. You know, I don't know whether that's, you know, good or not, <laughs> but, you know, I, I like to be harsh critic because I, I am on myself, too. You know, you sh- I think you should be not too harsh, you know, to yeah. your detrimental to your mental health. But you, you really need to make sure that, you know, you're 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 on check with yourself because you can easily not be meta aware of who you are. And all of a sudden you're offending so many people. You're like, you know, what's wrong? You know, like, yeah, you're, you're just being an ass, you know. So, so you went to school for political, you got your political science degree. But now you're doing writing. Is there like a connection between the two, like in terms of the future of where you're going, or are these two totally separate um, kind of paths? That's you know, and, and I'll be straight up honest. I don't know. You know, like to me, it's like you know, you got always like we were talking about earlier. You know, find your passions. Right now, I, I feel like I'm practicing. You know, a lot of my passions and kind of see where what takes me in a lot of ways. You know, and, and I feel the people who got successful. In my opinion, are foolish to say that, hey, I knew exactly what I was doing the whole time. You know, I knew, you know, I wanted to do this, and you know, that's what I did it. You know, I'm like, come on, you know, don't be coy. You know, you guys aren't, you know, these geniuses that you you you're hoped to be. There's a lot of stumbling, a lot of failure. You know, and and but you know, like that that's what you know through the books. You know, I don't know how it's going to transpire. I don't know if it's going to make me great or whatever. And if it doesn't, you know what? I, I followed the passions, and that's all you can really hope for in a lot of the end. You know, and. And, with, you know, politics, I'm, I'm always staying involved. You know, I love writing about politics, too. Um, I'll, I'll write, you know, some random op-eds that I, you know, I write on my website, post on there about certain issues that happen on in, um, in the political, you know, sphere. Um, 
but so so to me, it's like you know, and I guess you know, I'm starting to go towards the writing aspect of everything. You know, politics. You know, there's a lot of political writers out there that either just talk about the day to day operations, or they're talking about you know any kind of you know social justice, um, economics, you know, whatever it is. You know, I I just love being immersed in the political world, and I guess my my new kind of way of expressing that is writing it. Because before I thought it was running, you know, being a, a candidate, and I go, this is where I fit. You know, but then, then that, that was another learning experience myself. I was like, you know what? Maybe this isn't my fit. You know, I, not to say I'm not, I just, oh, I lost, you know, like, oh, well, yeah. boo-hoo, you know, I'm no longer going to do it again. But it really made me kind of re, re, uh, rethink, you know, what, what, what I, where I feel like I could fit in the world, you know, like with what I can do, you know, kind of more or less. I just learned something this week. You're welcome. And, uh... <laughs> And it, it's important that you understand what your disc, what is it, disc, uh, disc profile? profile is. You know what that means? No. Remo, break it down. <laughs> the disc is just people's behavioral status, or behavioral tendencies, I guess you would mm-hmm. say. Okay. So um, it's broken down into four different categories. And typically we have two dominant ones. And those, those, different people are just wired different and there's you know some some are d stands for someone that's a driver um someone that is uh, an i is someone that's just enjoys the the the, the scene the interacting with people Mm -hmm. the s is someone that is i i was the influencer right yeah yeah no you're not <laughs> oh no, I'm saying I was the influencer. Oh, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I thought you said I am the influencer. So quick to knock down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kids out, he's a D. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then uh, a C is someone that's uh, cautious. So th- there's an example of, um, and I'm probably going to butcher part of this, but at least he'll drive home the, the, the idea. You, for, you know, if you're walking in an elevator and you're a high D, you're going in the elevator so fast and you're putting you're pushing clothes as fast as possible so no one comes in because you gotta go. Yeah. You know. The I, the one that enjoys the talking, as soon as that door closes, they'll then turn around and say, Hey, how's everyone's days going? Now they have a captive audience. Uh-huh. Uh, AC, someone that's that's uh, cautious will then start looking at maybe the the the, the building uh, record, the elevator record to see when was it last updated. Can it hold this much weight? You know, those are the concerns that, that person has. And then the C is the yeah, CNS. Yeah. I always miss it, and that's the high, probably D and me, because I'm a, I'm a high D that I don't like. Those other ones don't matter, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and I say that not because I, they don't matter. I'm just saying because I never pay attention to it because I, I, I don't. they didn't feel important to you. Exactly, yeah, you didn't feel directly yeah. affected by them. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think true. I think once you understand how you're wired, or you mentioned you know understanding yourself, then at that point you can understand people a lot better. You know, if someone is, is a is like for me, a high D, I just give me the bullet points. I don't want the bubbly story of, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's the sun came up at 5 p.m. And that's just not me. Um, however, if I'm my significant other is that then I need to know that I need to slow down because that might be important to her. And so I got to stretch myself to that. And, and same when she knows that she stretches to where she's not as bubbly, for example. Sure. And so that's when I think you start really winning when you actually know how, you know, how you're wired 
and then when people come at you in different ways, it's not personal. It's just that's the way it's they're understanding. wired. Yeah, it's, it's, it's creating greater understanding. You know? yeah, the that's awareness. a big thing too. You know, it's like some people are quick to knock people down. You know, like right, right away, this oh, oh, they're a jackass. Oh, look yeah. at how terrible they are. To people, yeah. it's like, do you know why? I mean, yeah. like, I mean, to say it depends on the level of severity of what they're doing to the people. Yeah. Of course, you know, I mean, that, that can definitely judge it. But if you know, it's like they're quick. You know, they're quick-tempered or quick, you know, angered, you know. Yeah. Well, maybe they had a rough childhood. Like, if people always pick on them right away. Yeah. Always, always had to defend themselves. Always had to do this. Yeah. You know, always had to, you know, uh, give a justification for their actions. You know, it's, it, there's always a deeper understanding, you know, like, it, that were you yourself, it's like you don't obviously feel it. I, mean, I guess, you know, I can reference my book. That's a lot of it is the underpinnings of emotions. Um, I remember when we were talking, I was talking to Christine before we even did this, you know, and it's the, the underpinning actions of our what are our true motives, you know, you know, kind of going away from like, you know, who we are as a person, but a lot of ways it, it kind of opens you up like, you know, why is that person doing that? You know, um, what, what are the emotional underpinnings that they're hiding, you know, from their face or that they're overexerting on their face? You know, it's like a lot of people can't hide their emotions on their face. You, you, when they're angry, you see it, you know, it's like they're, they're pissed off. They're whatever. not smiling and, yeah. <laughs> and the steam coming out of their head. <laughs> yeah, you can totally tell like they need a release some of the attention as yeah. something. Um, but again, the reason why I was bringing it up is, is again, I learned something from mine just running through that profile, but it hits to what you just said earlier about, you know, going through these experiences, uh, life experiences that you're going through. It, it, it puts you aware in terms of where you need to be and where you might not want to be. Yeah. And I think again, now knowing what, what profile I fall in under that now helps me understand exactly that because I, I've been having trouble with like certain situations mm -hmm. and I'm like, man, what, why is it that I just don't, why can't I just do this? You know, yeah. why can't I do that? I know I need to do it, mm -hmm. but now understanding where I come from, it's like, now I know why it's harder for me to get into that level or that mindset or, or take on a, take that on as a challenge. Which, which helps because now it lets me focus on other things that I'm really good at. Mm -hmm. And now I know that if I follow that, again, it's going back to what I was saying earlier, is that it now becomes something that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. and once you're passionate about something, you're going to, again, you're going to succeed 100%. Right. So. Yeah, it's, we said it's just like avalanche, you know, yeah. to where you're going. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden, wow, you're just on a ride, you know. It's yeah, like yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. like there's nothing really you feel like you're working towards. Yeah. It's just everything you're a part of now, which, yeah. which is especially when you find your passion which i guess we all are looking for in the end you know but like how well, many people truly you know care to find it well that's what that was kind of my leading question so is this writing a passion that you kind of stumbled across or is this something that you're still trying to develop um i actually i've been writing for a while you know i've been writing since like probably um middle school you know nothing serious at all really um, I, a lot of i call myself amateur all the time you know just like because that to me, it's like I don't try to. I don't want to create it too serious. I was always in that bubble. It's like oh, I want to enjoy it, you know, while I can. You know, that's how. That's how I felt. Like I was, to be honest, I was scared to publish something because it's like, will I still enjoy it? You know, it's like, will, will I, will I end up actually really hating it? You know, mm -hmm. will, I, will something just spark in me? I'm like, wow, I'm not a writer. You know, it's like that. You're always afraid of that thing you feel you are. You know, and it's just you got to take that plunge. You know, my opinion, a lot of ways. Sometimes. So you're still, so you're still working on. It. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> you're still yeah. working on. So, it. 
Well, yeah, you know, well, I'm, I feel like I'm always going to write, you know, like, I, I feel like I'm never going to stop because, po- you know, I, I love poetry and that, that's something I actually really found. Like, I, I feel it connects to my emotions and there's a great outlet for them because yeah. I, I can't really explain my emotions really, you know, well at all in front of, you know, the people, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm always in this, ooh, I shouldn't tell them this, you know, I shouldn't do this, you know, like, I always feel like it's too much or whatever it is. I think too much about it, more or less. But when I came to poetry, it was just, there's nothing to think about. There's just everything to unload, you know, everything to write out, boom, boom. And then, you know, I, I, I remember like in the speech class and when I was in college, you know, I, I gave it on poetry. I go, you know, sometimes, you know, like you just don't understand how you're feeling. You know, sometimes you just need to release, you know, a lot of ways, you know, whatever, whatever workout or something like that. Um, and, and I found it in writing, you know, and like you could be angry. I remember I was angry just write, And I look at it and go. You sound ridiculous right now. You sound like a fool. You sound like an angry fool. You know, like, and it puts yourself in perspective, like your emotions. And you know, I even obviously these aren't just my ramblings. You know, these are more of my like, um, I, I actually you know good format. I took more care of on them. But like to me, poetry is that way. It, it kind of reflects you. Be like, wow, that's how I'm feeling without having to like, you know, go to a therapist or something like yeah. that. And sometimes that's struggling for people to to unload. And it's so hyper personal. That no one's going to judge you unless you let them read it, you know. So it's 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 a great release, you know. It's a good. That's I guess more mirror, mirroring is that, that kind of falls into that line as well. Obviously, I'm sure some family and friends have read it and have they given you feedback? Is it one of those things where you guys actually talk about, it or do you say? Yeah, yeah. That, that, my, okay. I, I I'm very fortunate. I'm very supportive parents. You know, like everything I do, it could be. You know, I could probably honestly suck at it, but you still see the like, you're doing great, <laughs> good job, you know. So, so that's why I, I actually always appreciate it. Truth, you know, like when people like when people read it, I don't want to hear like, "It's great, Troy." No, I, you know, and I can tell in their face, you know, be honest, I'm like, you don't like it, which is absolutely okay. And that's to me, it's like not the point of please love my writing, please, you know, love it. it to me, it's just like this is who I am, you know, and and I try to be inspirational. So if anybody likes it, you know, something attached to emotions, that's great. You know, but, you know, something comes out of it, like I said, that that's great. You know, it's just more reflection. And it's a good way to, you know, show people, hey, you know, like I have other, other talents or so, or, you know, um, I have a story to tell, too. You know, so that, that's how I feel like that's how I tell my story. And I'm glad you said that because I'm not a writer, but if I was a writer and I published something, that's exactly the way I would want to feel, is that, or, or that's the first question I would ask somebody who read something, is what in this book or writing that you take away that was either helpful or beneficial mm-hmm. or, or, or just touching um, rather than saying, hey, how great was my book, right? Yeah, right. Because at the end of the day, you're right. I think if we're writing something, it's, it's writing for for that kind of feeling. Sure. Um, like create, I'm creating, you know, I want to create emotions off. There you, you go. Know, yeah. I want to I make people, you know, put in a certain aspect. And, you know, and I'll, I'll say, you know, it gets a little dark. You know, I'm not going to lie, you know, because I, I mean, a lot of, you know, influence was Edgar Allan Poe. I loved Edgar Allan Poe, as, you mm-hmm. know, as a young writer reading his. Uh, to me, it was so riveting how he kind of crossed the line of dark and hopefulness. It was, to me, that, that's what it was, a, it was an insane line to walk as a writer, you know, to keep someone interested yeah. in such dreary kind of uh, material. But also you're like, whoa, there's, he's not saying it's all nothing. You know, it, it's there's something to say. That's just his way of putting it. You know, it's his framing. It's ideological creative framing. You know, yeah. It's amazing. So, out of all, all these poems that you have on the book, mm-hmm. um, 
which one's the one that that you you constantly go back and read and say, man, this one's just like speaks to me. Yeah, like it, it's um, you know, I, 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 I like I said, I have a couple. You know, it, it, well, let me see. I can try to give you some names of them. I'm not asking which one's your favorite child, but it's uh, which one's your, <laughs> which one's your uh, yeah. they're all my favorite. Yeah, suggest yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, Colin, my book, in book, you're all my favorite stories. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know what? Uh, and it's funny, the ones that I feel that are the most personal that I like to look back are the ones I'm not like here. You know, I'm not like here. Look at this. Because they're personal. Yeah, you know, they're personal and. and there's a couple where I'm like, I want people to look at them because they're telling a story of like, like I said, I go emotions, politics, or religion. Mostly in politics and religions, heavy critiques. When you read it, you're like, God, does this guy hate politics? Like, why is he even involved? You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, but like sometimes people don't see it that way. Some people need to see the the very very ugly side. So the people already see politics as ugly, you know how how it is. But the truth, more in my opinion, more the truth of it and more the underpinning. But what, but. To what the, I'll make it even easier. Pick one that you could read uh, to our listeners. Okay. Um, and not a long one. So, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out too. And tear in my tear in my face is probably too short. Yeah. Well, well there's one actually. Um, I, I got published in a play. Uh, they're called like they do like little poetry series, like a little the best of California poets. You know, it's a small little thing. So best of California poets is probably yeah. pretty finite to where mm-hmm. how far their uh, you know best is. But still, regardless, <laughs> they reach out to me. I don't care. Um, best of Greenleaf Leaf. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, I'll be the best on the street. I don't care. You know. Um, but there's one on here that they actually accepted, so I, I could read that one. Sure. I, um, I, I do like this one because it is one I actually presented. So, so I, I guess I'll read it. Um, it's called Time and Knowledge. Um, and it, it, it just speaks volumes on a lot of things. Um, but I'll let it speak for itself. So it starts, you know, beautiful winds guide our hearts. Rushing waters flow in our veins. Days go by like rusted chains. Wells of fluid run dry in our minds. We wait but never stay for the right amount of time. We walk away when the path becomes unclear. We're always in pain, but never shed a tear. Cry do we, shy are we. Holy sacraments retard our understanding, but preach peace ever so demanding. Let thy walk the earth. Let thy find the path and never abandon the search. The Lord walks in the clouds, but so do we. Heaven isn't a place, but rather a state of mind, forever trapped in a limited amount of time. Darkness will shroud, but be the light that shines. Learn and age like wine. Eat your feast, but never dine. For the path of enlightenment is not found in one night. And, and more personally, you know, always that, that one always kind of puts me to more tears. Cause, you know, it's a journey story in a lot of ways. Yeah. Of like, you know, trying to, like, we're just, honestly, what we're talking about, that, that, that it speaks volumes to a lot of that. Um, and it's great to hear from you because it, if I was to read it. It wouldn't I'm, sound the same. It, yeah. <laughs> I would read it like I'm reading a sentence and then it wouldn't make sense. I would butcher half of the word. Yeah. And the funny thing you say that, you know, my, my dad says the same thing. You know, he goes, I have to reread your poems like 15 times, you know, right. to see like, what, what does he mean? You know, and, it, and obviously a lot of that's kind of on purpose, of course. You know, it's like, I don't want to just, I don't like directive stories. I don't like stories where it's like, here it is. It's kind of like telling like a history, like a rather read a history book then, yeah. you know, at that point. To me, it's like you want to, you know, want to encapsulate the reader, make, make him excited about what's going on with, you know, Beautiful words, you know, a lot, a lot of, I, I like to use a lot of rhymings to keep a, keep a rhythm going, to keep people moving, you know. Um, 
in poetry, people like I would say are more against rhyming. But I love rhyming. You know, like fun. You know, fun factoid. You know, uh, I, I used to do a little rap, a little rap song. You know, so oh, you should have said that. <laughs> Mic check here. Mic check one two. <laughs> And that, uh, you know, in this, I guess, in the quote unquote, the studio, my uh, my uh, my uh, my uh, room at in, in high school, you know, like my computer. You know, friend, I had a couple of friends. You know, we make make some rap songs. It, I had a blast. You know, not gonna say they're good. You know, not gonna say I was like, you know, kind of the same thing or whatever. You know, and I don't like to say whatever is good. You know, it is what it is. I had fun. I did it. You know, that's all that matters. But but a lot of my poetry kind of derives from kind of that providing a rhythm. You know, in in writing, there's you know, you create a rhythm. But I like I like to to me it's more creative when you can find like a you know to me when you do rhymes you're like playing Tetris with words like does this fit here have I overused this rhyme you know and so you're just playing more Tetris it's a cool way to shape when you're playing games with you know, how to, how to how do I make this rhyme almost like it's like like to where you're reading it like that you're reading like like you're on a stampede yeah. or something it's, to me that's that's where it kind of works like it's fun. Were any of these rap songs or? <laughs> no, no, none the of them were rap songs. Not yet, right? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I guess a rapper, you know, whatever, can attach them, use them. Or, You've never heard Remo the rapper? Remo the rapper. This guy could go on. Yeah, a little a, freestyle. Let's do it. Ready? I'm saying, if you want to buy, if you want to sell, <laughs> call us. That's it. Oh, <laughs> Austin, it ain't hard to yeah. tell. <laughs> Stay out of your shell. Yeah. <laughs> The well would never a, run dry. A bracelet drop. <laughs> oh man, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> had a, yeah, had a little you know rapping. I yeah, guess yeah. I, I guess I should have said that out front. But I mean, that's just being a creative person, you know. It's like that's why I always I, I guess uh, hate it when I saw people like always put down like that sucks. It sucks. I go, why are you doing that? I'm like. What are you doing? You know, exactly. what are you doing besides you know talking crap on somebody? I go, yeah. so, sorry, they're trying to you know do something for themselves, and especially you put a creative light in the world. You know, and it's like, you know, I guess we could look at the, like what are their emotional underpinnings? What what makes them want to put people down? You know, and then it's look to me it was like a big thing of resonators. I always look at people's like look at them in a three sixty kind of way. You know, there's not a one dimensional person ever. You know, as much as they could seem one dimensional, they're either blocking the rest of the view of what we could see. Or, you know, it's just they're hiding it very, very well. So, Troy, now that we're going to kind of wrap it up. Sure. Um, what, uh, so, so you went to Whittier College? Mm-hmm. You yeah. were born here or just uh, raised here? Or? I, I was, um, I, I just went out here for college. So, okay. I was actually born and raised in Temecula. Well, actually, I was born in Long Beach. Uh, but then we moved down to uh, Temecula. I, I basically felt like I was born and raised there. I was, didn't really live up in uh, Long Beach. Uh, but yeah, Temecula is where I, I grew up for the most part. So what kept you here in Whittier? Kept me here? Yeah. I, I just love like, kind of, I love more of the city. I love being kind of towards LA-ish. I, I was always, you know, in Temecula, it's, it's getting bigger. The people there, the populace love to complain, oh, it's so big. I'm like, you know, like every time I go back there, I'm like, city. You know, it's like, you know, cities, a lot of it's country, you know, it's a lot of, it is more, in my opinion, commodified country, but still, you know, it's a lot more country than city. You could definitely look especially at it. Especially if you're comparing it to LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially, you know, yeah. bottom line. You know, and I, I just love the cities, you know, the cities really draw me in. They're so, they're a hub of everything, you know, it's like you can go to a country and you get pretty much like, you know, cut and dry kind of uh, experience in a lot of ways, in my opinion, you know. In the city, there's so many things to experience, whether it's culture, people, um, 
name and ID, making ideas. I, sometimes, you know, when I you know write, I'll just go from my apartment, walk down, and just look at everything. You know, look at the cities. You know, you know watch it. So it's you know, it's fun to kind of watch the cities. It's a symbiotic kind of ecosystem yeah. in its own. You know, you like you start questioning. I go, you know, I saw that person. Why? Are they, what makes them go this way? You know, you get just that random curiosity. Is, you know, that that's you know, so I love curiosity. I love to stay curious. You know, you. I, I feel like I get so bored. I'm just like, and I'm not like, you know, reeling. I'm trying to learn something else. I'm like, uh, new understandings, you know, it's, you know, I get bored with my own nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that said, what, what is your, your, your current, uh, place you like to go grab a, a bite to, uh, eat or drink? That, that's a good question. You know, um, What's your I, go-to? I, I love I love a good amount of places here, but what kind of reminded me of like my I, I love going to Mexican places. I'm Chavez, obviously, but you know, White Sound. I'm sure everybody's like well, Chavez. You know, you make that name up to you know get a little uh, credit out here. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, no, that's my name. I promise. Um, but I love the uh, the Mexican place right next door to the Urban uh, Mexican Cafe. Yeah, uh, I love going there. I, I, I love you know the guy he always welcomes me. You know, so, you know nice. I, I love that environment. I grew up like um, back in the uh, long, long ways. My family um, actually owned a Mexican restaurant, o- owned and operated for you know a long, long time. Uh, I think out in Long Beach area and all that. Um, it's long gone family, you know, things here and there. But um, so, so it, it always I love walking in that place. It just reminds me, you know, just a little bit of heritage home. You know, yeah. I always like to remember. You know, remind myself of who I am. You know, you know, especially if I could look in the mirror and be like, "That's you." You know, like that's you. You know, it's it's, it's crazy. You know, how especially how jeans and stuff look that way, off the top of your head. Well, if there's something that you miss in the city, or maybe something, sorry, something that you would like to see in the city, that maybe you drive to, what would that be? Um, I would like to see cities, like in general, kind of look to not really. Uh, centralized like kind of cultures and kind of box them. I would love to see a diversification of everything. Like you know, I, I wouldn't like to just see oh that's the that's the Mexican girl over there, that's the Asian girl over there. I, I I don't like I never like that separation of like you know cultures. And I think it is to me it's so um, hypocritical to the American credo. Obviously, it's like we're we're this melting pot. You know, you, you know we say so, and, but when you look into a city, there's always that fracturing of. Oh, that you don't want to go past that, or it's like, what what stops you from caring about that other side, other than just the lines that we construct ourselves? You know, so it's, you know, I mean, that open borders, whatever. I understand safety, you know, the safety, you know, it's like that. There's obviously reasons for a lot of things like that, but I would love to see a, a multifaceted effort by everybody. You know, it's not just you know, say like people in power. It's just everybody to try to create bridges and create understanding and diversify themselves and. I, I then going in the city was a complete and utter shock, you know. I mean, the, all the diversification already, but like you know, because I grew up more like mono kind of cultured area, um, so I, I would love to see just more of that seeping culture kind of just diversify themselves and kind of come together, you know. It's just enjoy what we have and go, oh, that that's what you do, and like you know, instead of like trying to like we said, bring people down. Oh, then you're just lazy. Oh, that you're just you know entitled. And it's like these are all stereotypes. They're all never really resonate truly, you know. So there's a lot of, I guess, diversification. I get that. Don't be lazy. Comment. <laughs> Usually Sunday night when the trash has to go out. 
We'll take it out next week. <laughs> Trust me, I'm as lazy as I come sometimes. You know, I, I, no worries there. It's like a lot, of, a lot of home stuff I put off, dishes, look at yeah. it. Let me let it soak. Yeah, you right. know, let, <laughs> those, the bubbles are doing their job. Yeah. You know, let me let the bubbles do their job. <laughs> Until they, the, the plates deteriorate and then you got to throw away. <laughs> yes. Until they're all moldy. Yeah. And, well, uh, and last, last question for sure. uh, the Woodier questions. Is what is maybe one of your most fondest memory of the city, or the city, or just growing up, or well, you're here, here in college? Here I in mean, college. I know it probably hasn't been that long, but <laughs> what is something that you you remember going through school? Um, you know, like it, it, I I think the most memorable like would just be the beginning, the start of Whittier. You know, like it was like to me, it was like it was just like the tears on your face kind of poem. It's like you, it's another kind of arena you're looking into. You just like plunge into it. Thinking you know everything, but knowing deep down, I don't know anything. You know, so a lot of new experiences, and I, I think anytime like I, the new is always kind of it always resonates into me, and I always harken back to those moments of like what, what made me feel new, because eventually, you know, now this is home for me now. You know, I've been here for seven seven odd some odd years, and now this is home for me now. And it's like I I walk down the street, I don't feel like a stranger anymore. You know, so it's, it's that familiarity, you know, kicks in the habitual things you do every day. But I always, like, to me, it's like the most memorable thing is like, I would remember it's just when I first stepped foot in the city. It was like, just like, the shop, you know, it was the new, new everything. It was really the thing that draw me. If you use my quote, just give me some credit, you know. <laughs> not not Socrates, but you can put Remo. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> the bitch. <laughs> I'm like, what quote are you talking about? The, I, the older I get. The less I realized I didn't know. Oh. Something along those lines. I don't even know if it's a quote. Well, I was, it was funny you said that Socrates and Plato. I, there's always like the, the intersecting, who the hell said it or whatever. You yeah. know, so either one of them said it. You know, it was like, uh, you're eudaimonia. You know, you're your pursuit of happiness. You know, it's like that. That's that play into a lot of it, too. It's like, you know, it's just as long as you're pursuing it, you know, the happiness will, you know, come. Well, yeah. Troy, uh, how do listeners uh, get a copy of your book if they're interested on, on getting uh, a copy? Well, um, the, they can definitely uh, reach out to me. They can, they can go on my, um, I, I have an Instagram page. Just look at my name. I'm sure you'll find Troy Chavez somewhere. Um, is it just Troy Chavez? or is Yeah, there... Troy Chavez. Um, no dots or. Uh... I guess maybe an underscore. <laughs> Troy, yeah. Troy underscore Chavez. Because okay. um, I'm sure that's a common name. Yeah. You're it, it's it. more common than you think, right? Yeah. You know, Troy Chavez. Um I, like I, I was telling you guys before we kind of went on, um, I, I print, you know, acro printing, love them, you know, cool guys, uh, uh, Sean, he helped me out there, um, local local printer, I, I kind of felt like that, that's kind of way to do it for your first book, you know, local printer. Yeah. So I have about 200 copies, I sold a good amount so far, um, don't want to say the number because it might be too embarrassing, but, uh, <laughs> you know, 199. But, yeah, <laughs> there you go. You only have one left. One left. <laughs> yeah, right, they're, they're running quick, guys, you message, know what I mean? They're running down. quick. Um, but, but message me in that way, but you know, if you know, get a direct copy, e-copy is always great. You don't, if you don't want to have like a book, you know, running your shelf, taking up space, yeah. um, you can go on Amazon, look up Troy Chavez, purple mirrors, you'll see it right there. Um, eventually I'm going to make a paperback version for Amazon as well for people to start ordering. But right now I have those 200 copies. So look me up, um, directly. I mean, I, and I can, I'll, I'll get a way to get that book out to you guys. No, there no problem. <laughs> And Christina will jot all that stuff down in the show notes, the, how people get a hold of you, and uh, everything you just said. So sure, awesome. if you're listening and you're that. driving, don't 
Don't crash. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be there. And, uh, and uh, just people who can reach out to me not to buy the books, but if they have questions on anything, I would love to. Uh, I don't mind people picking my brain. I don't love hearing new perspectives on, hey, you know, yeah. like, I, I, I love learning this new stuff. So if people just want to yeah. reach out and have questions, just by all means, please do. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Troy, thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I'll say thank you for coming on. Yeah. And uh, again, uh, success. Well, we wish you success on that book. And uh, we'll have to bring you back on when you're on your second one. Yeah, and I'll I'll leave this copy with you guys here, so so if you ever want a little light reading, (laughs) go go ahead. We're gonna have to get you to read it because it won't (laughs) sound the same. (laughs) (laughs) Get through the audio (laughs) book. That'll be good. I gotta got maybe that's in the plans. That could be in the works. I have recording equipment, so let me know. Yeah. Okay. Or uh, the videos, oh, the Perfect. videos on IG, connections. the videos on IG, you could probably like. Oh yeah, IGTV. Live, you know, live, live uh, poetry slam. Yeah. Cool. Hey, you guys should give me ideas. Boom. You know? There you go. Full of ideas, full yeah. of solutions. Just give, us, just give us a little royalty on it. And <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Black coffee, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Troy. All right, thank, thank you, you, guys, you very much. much. I do appreciate thank having you. Me on. I appreciate that. Bye. See you later, Bye.